All right. Happy Thanksgiving, uh, listeners. Welcome to episode 135 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, coming to me and Fong coming to you live after a nice win against the, um, against the Portland Trailblazers. Why did I blank on that? <laughs> Maybe I'm too excited <laughs> because uh, we just won. It's been a while, hasn't it? Hasn't it? Yeah, like how how long of a losing streak have we gone through? It seems like one of the longest in a while. So since Detroit, we faced, I think it was, so we faced Timberwolves, Utah, and then Philly. So it's been a three-game losing streak, seven of eight. Um, so we're losing seven, seven of eight uh, before this game. So now we we've won two out of nine. <laughs> so that that's something to maybe build off of, but. Um, before we, I guess, talk big picture, let's actually talk about this game. So, um, but first of all, actually, let me let me get your thoughts. What did you think about the game overall? It's in, I guess, I, don't, I would say it seems like a, kind of like a typical matchup between Portland. Uh, we, during the game, that uh, Portland's defense is not so great. And it, it gives us a kind of a, a little wee leeway on uh, creating some offense because you know our defense is somewhat not as great as well but you know we work with it uh, overall like man the beginning of the game seemed a little back and back but man our rebounding and help defense is still still is a, gonna be a problem uh, depending on what teams we go against so let me look at the rebounding stats. So 43 to 43 this game. Not bad. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, as you said, defense uh, for the most part was optional for much of the game. And we always actually have good games against Portland for the most part because both teams don't really play defense, and which means both teams can go on runs at any moment. And that's kind of what this game was. Like Portland for a lot of the game actually led until we ba- we took it in kind of the end of the third and kind of t- took it for good by like the middle of the fourth. But at any point, it was ne- it never felt safe because, you know, Portland can go like on a run and, you know, we don't see it that often. But the Kings could also go on a run against the Portland defense at any time as well. Yeah. Um, man, you know, this game is like, I want to say it's kind of a roller coaster in many ways. And uh, I think we should start with the ref refereeing because, man, a lot of weird fouls. I mean, of course, we gave them a lot of bad fouls that should we shouldn't have given up. And there's some fouls and, you know, there's also a few technical fouls that were given out throughout this game that were unnecessary yes the refs were i don't i guess they were bad this game like it's not you know tony brothers style bad but there was a lot of these let's just say uh, let's just call them soft fouls for the most part and like nurk got so many like fouls like rebounding and like in the post like the guys just could not touch him without fouling him one way or the other and then let, let's get to the technical fouls like there the technical so uh robert covington gets ejected in like the latter half of the second quarter i don't remember like yeah, he gets yeah. he gets ejected 
And what what happened was he basically just kind of threw his mask onto the ground towards the direction of the referee, and the referee deemed it a hostile act and ejected him. It, and you know, take a look at the replay. He clearly was not meaning to throw it at the ref, but it just happened to kind of, you know, touch the ref's foot. And apparently that's a hostile act, and he actually got ejected. And I felt bad for um, um, Portland fans for that just because that was some bullshit. Like, it didn't hit him hard. He wasn't directing it at him. And, like, they even discussed it with the other refs, and they still just get actually ejected him. Yeah, it's... um. Man, I yeah, I really felt bad. It's it's something I would like totally like argue on, but you know, since he got ejected, can't really uh, can't challenge that. <laughs> yeah, you can't even challenge that. Jeez, it's it's just a terrible way to go. And Robert Covington, uh, being a pretty good player, I, I felt I could have contributed uh, pretty much. Uh, would have helped a lot during the second half. Maybe. I mean, like, he, he's one of those guys that's kind of like a Mo Harkless in a way. Like, you know, mm-hmm. every now and then you'll get a shot and he'll play decent defense. But for the most part, like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, because yeah. they did get they did get pretty good contributions from Nasir Little. And oh, my God, he shot seven for ten. Wow. I realize that. Mm-hmm. So so like maybe it, maybe it hurts them. Maybe it doesn't. But again, it was a stupid ejection. And then we'll talk about the other ejection in a little bit, but let, let's talk a little bit more about the game. Um, so Alex Len, I believe, picked up his fourth foul. I don't have the time of when he picked it up, but it was in the middle of the middle of the third. Um, Nurk was just drawing all these bullshit fouls that just really pissed me off at one point. And so, um, it, and Tristan Thompson was just getting lit up by Nurk because he, he's not big enough to actually guard Nurk, which is actually pretty crazy to say so alvin decides to go deep into his bench and bust out damian jones and later on marvin bagley and damian did a pretty good job for the most part on defense he did an okay job he picked up a few of his fouls but ultimately he was great on offense just being that active body in the pick and roll just you know every time he rolls to the rim he is looking to murder that rim and he, you know, he set some good screens, got got guys open, and other guys got, you know, got going too. Halliburton like got going, Buddy Heel got going, and Davion Mitchell got going, and that was that was big for the team. And they ultimately, because, and then Marvin Bagley, just you know, dusted off off the off the bike um, that he was on last game. Um, D'Lo and Casey called him Bike Man. I am waiting to see if they are going to retire that name tomorrow after this game because, man. Like, they dusted him off. He started out pretty rough, but then he, later on, he kind of found his niche. There was one play, you know, just to get this out of the way. Um, he did, There was one play in the fourth where he uh, got the rebound and, and then double dribble, just looking like he forgot how to play basketball. But then, but then he started getting rebounds. He started getting tip-ins. And then he hit threes. He hit one three from the wing that was huge, gave the Kings a little bit of a cushion. And at the end of the game, with with just over a minute to go, he hits the dagger three to basically kind of seal, kind of seal the win. (laughs) Kind of seal the win for um, the Kings. Um, I mean, the Kings did kind of let Portland hang around a little too long, but ultimately they close it out. So that was the dagger. We're going to say that was the dagger. 
Yeah, sadly, that was the dagger because after what happened that after that, it it seemed like <laughs> little hope was uh, being lost little by little. Yeah, um, but you know, all the credit in the world to um, to Damian Jones and Marvin Bagley. They they you know they haven't played much, but like they seemingly you know at least stuck to the game plan. And you know, credit to Alvin Gentry as well. Like there were you like you pointed out, like Alex Len was getting ready to check in in the middle of the fourth, but Alvin saw that these two were were going. These guys checked in and basically never checked out. Like I think Damian Jones checked in at the I, I, for some reason I keep thinking the seven minute mark. I don't have the exact number, but like he checked in in the third and never checked out. Mm-hmm. And Marvin, kind of the same thing. He kind of checked it a little bit later in the fourth and never went out. Um, Alvin Gentry just kind of went with what was working. And, you know, this these two basically kind of won the game for the Kings. You know, got to give credit to Buddy Heald as well. well. We'll get to him in a little bit. But, like, you know, these two guys brought the energy and brought, you know, just, you know, just, like, put going with the game plan and made plays when they needed to. Like, Damian Jones had a mean poster dunk um late late in the game and again marvin bagley hit the dagger three that had golden one arena just light up people were dancing in the aisles apparently we haven't seen that energy basically throughout the season maybe in the charlotte game but like gold g1c came back alive tonight yeah it's too bad because man we couldn't have went to this game <laughs> would you have went to this game if uh we had the chance to I don't know. I, I've been to too many Portland games. Uh, I the, fun, the funny joke was I used to actually, for whatever reason, just always end up going to Portland games. We were there for uh, um, Marcus Cousins' 57-point game. I was at a game like it, during the 2018-2019 season where we beat Portland, and then we were at opening night of the of the year of coronavirus. <laughs> like we've been to, I've we've been to a lot of these Portland games, so I, I would, probably wouldn't have gone just because like. Again, we've been to too many of these already. Yeah, but seeing this win, man, it the the energy that flowed through this game would have been nice to see. And sad, sadly to say, you know, it, it it wasn't the case probably in the first uh, half of the game, but near the towards the end was mm, just wish wish we have experienced it because it's been a while since we've experienced something like this. I haven't been to. I haven't been to a game that the Kings have won for like two or three years at this point. I think that I, Portland game that I mentioned in 2018, 2019 was the last one. I know. I, I have to. I would have to go through my photos just to see if I uh, have a picture of a Kings win. Any, anyways, uh, let, let's talk more about the game. And yes, at the game, I would have been grabbing. We would have been grabbing onto each other, like just jumping, just jumping around. Because I mean, again, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. to see of all people marvin to hit the dagger three mm-hmm. let me take the arena okay let's get to some of the let's get to some of the bad so uh De'Aaron fox gets ejected in the fourth um there was a pretty bad call on i think it was damian jones right like i think it was a moving screen i believe mm, uh, i thought it was a foul on Fox. Now I no man I forgot now I I I I thought it was an offensive foul on Fox. I can look it up. Give me a second. Okay, I don't. Okay, I don't see it. Okay, I don't think it listed. But any. But anyways, yes. Um, there was a foul. I want to say it was Damian Jones, and then um, and then De'Aaron Fox goes over 
and actually like just starts talking to the ref for what it didn't seem hostile to me but maybe it's something he said takes up the first technical foul and then and then you know davion and buddy come over to kind of get fox and fox isn't it's not anything like if you just look watch the tape it doesn't look like anything it just looks like he's talking but he must have said something because then it sets off the second tech and he gets ejected and look don't get me wrong it was a soft these refs were some were really soft and really kind of really kind of sensitive this game and just weren't let, letting go of anything we already mentioned the uh, robert covington uh, ejection which was bullshit at the same time actually let, let me get your thoughts on this did you think did you think the the refs were soft or was this more De'Aaron? Was this, do you blame De'Aaron for this ejection at all? I do not blame De'Aaron. I, I felt like the rest were pretty soft because the second tech, uh, like you said, we don't, I don't personally know what De'Aaron said, but um, just the body language by itself seemed pretty uh, not offensive. So I wouldn't say he deserved that second tech, but, you know, didn't need him. <laughs> we just came out with the win anyway. Okay, well, I, I'm I, I'm actually going to go the other way on this one just mm. because I, I guess play devil's advocate to a certain degree. But at the same time, Fox is the best player on this team, and he's got to I think he's got to be a little better. He can't. I just don't think. Like as a leader, you can do this kind of shit when you're on a run to end a losing streak. Like, I get it. So, re- referees were soft, but like once you get that first tech, back the fuck up at that point. Like you don't. The team needs you for the most part, and you know, luckily we end up winning this game. And you know, I don't want to start the conversation of whether like, oh, is the team better with De'Aaron Fox? But like, the team needs you. And you can't be you can't be out here getting ejected over stupid shit like this. It's yeah. just, I just I I like I was very annoyed when Fox got ejected. I again refs were sensitive. I get it, but like you, you gotta be the leader, like and just know that this team needs you out there when you're going on a run like this. And it gave it gave Dame two free throws that cut it to I believe like four, two, either two or four. One. I don't remember. I think it was one. I remember one. it was. 94 91 then those two free throws uh went up to 94 93 okay thank thank you for bringing that up so like yeah like you're going you you have a three-point lead you might be building something and then you get two technical fouls and give dame two free throws to to basically almost tie the game like you're like that kind of stuff is inexcusable and you know i I, you know we read his words He, he definitely said the word bitch um while walking away i don't know Again, I ultimately I think this is I think that this is on De'Aaron as well. Like you have to be a better on this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll bounce back in the next game and uh, you know have a better clear mind. Uh, other than that, yeah, luckily not too long after uh, those two texts, uh, Buddy hit a, a three. Then right after the uh, the next play for the Kings, uh, Marvin hit that uh, three. So. Yeah, gave us that little cushion, like you said. Um, I want to move on and just talk a little about Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes was actually pretty good. He did miss three free throws this game, which was really weird. 
because for a stretch, it, like we could not hit free throws. It, it was really weird. Of all people, De'Aaron was the only one consistently making free throws. And yeah, um, he ended up leaving the third uh, with a foot injury and didn't return. And you know, you know, not saying anything. I didn't notice he was gone just because like the game, the t- team was playing so well with Marvin and Damian out there. It, it was pretty crazy. All right. Well, um, you know, let, let's move on to Davion. Then Davion, I thought, did a really good job this game, and we got a pretty good scoring punch from him as well. He actually got had six free throws, um, made four, which is pretty good. And you know, he hits he had a big turnaround uh, turnaround jumper in the lane and got some really nice like you know driving to the rim layups that you know um, he was attacking CJ. I don't know if there's some personal between them, but he attacked CJ and got to the bucket, got fouls, and also like hit some, you know, played his usual stellar defense, putting guys in the torture chamber. Mm, I know. Yeah. And in terms of offense, you know, his three point shot and free throws, you know, aren't too great in that way, but getting uh, him getting into the rim was pretty nice to see because he's been hitting those uh nice layups yeah he he's just got to learn how to use his body to protect it and you know that will come with more experience but like you know if he can get to the basket like he he knows how to finish at these weird angles and you know a more experience will help with this and you know he'll learn to use his body more and get even trickier with some of his finishes but this game like yeah cj couldn't keep him in front rim protection is pretty bad on the trailblazers so yeah he really he really um gave the team a a much needed scoring boost um one thing the only thing about him is that unfortunately he just never gets love from the refs on defense like dame drew so many cheap fouls on him i think i was at least three of just like him running into davion and i don't know what the hell davion's supposed to do and like he just you know he's just getting no love from the refs but you know hopefully this improves by next year when he's not a rookie anymore. yeah those charges i it's gonna happen still for some reason and maybe you know maybe halfway through season uh we'll see uh the opposite call but yeah i guess like you said we'll see next season uh, let's talk about Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald coming into this game, I was pretty done with him again, just <laughs> because like some of the shots he took last game were again the the game the moment where the game turned last game was when he took that three up nine, and this game the, the, he had some moments like that where he took some pretty awful threes, but you know he did hit some big shots to start the rally, but you know and, and of course took some bad ones. But, you know, in the philosophy of live by the buddy and die by the buddy, in this game, we lived by the buddy. He hit big shots and, you know, he drilled a number of uh, crucial free throws to basically put the game away um, late, late um, after the Marvin Dagger, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's get to a little bit about, about Portland. Dame, Dame was his usual self, I thought, like just you know, getting to the rim and just scoring, scoring basically at will at points. Davion did a good job of limiting a lot of his threes. There, he did have some Dame time threes that, you know, he just kind of missed. But that, you know, you got to give a little bit of credit to, you know, Davion and Mo for guarding him pretty well for the most part. 
Like Dame is going to score for the most for, for the most part, no matter what. And the best you can do is just try and make it as hard as possible on him. Yeah, luckily he didn't hit too many threes. Like this game, he's three for twelve, but he did, you know, draw a lot of fouls, and he hit fifteen for sixteen this game, which is pretty absurd. And you know, pretty much the usual self for Damian Willard. Um, another guy that really helped the Trailblazers, uh, Nurk. Nurk was it's pretty unstoppable for most of the game. Like, it, he, although he only, well, he only ended with 28 points, but he scored 14 of those in the first. But like throughout the game, he drew so many fouls on so many players. It, 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 again, it, there were some that really straight up angered me of just how dumb it was. Like he's he's kind of just going there, like just being a bruiser, trying to bully guys. And like as soon as like there's a little bit of contact, the refs will call the foul. And, and again, I don't know what the hell the defender is supposed to do. Like they're just trying their best to try and hold their ground. And then, you know, a foul gets called on them. And yeah, it was frustrating for much of the game, and he was able to really dominate. Yeah, and you also predicted that he might have gone to twenty and twenty, which almost did if uh, it weren't for his own fouls and being fouled out in the fourth quarter. But you know, yeah, he he would have been definitely the king's killer this game if he kept on playing. Uh, he only had five free throws. I thought he had way more. No, it's mostly was it just. Not shooting fouls, <laughs> just common fouls. Yeah, Kings were in the bonus a lot this game, and he was the reason why. Like he just drew so many; it was so annoying to watch. Um, yeah. He also got into it with Mo in the third. I, I don't, I don't remember what the exact play was, but I think he was, he was like grabbing a Mo on a screen, and Mo, as Mo, kind of retaliated a little bit and started talking to him. Kind of got into it a little bit. Which was cool. Like you, you want to see some, you want to see some toughness from the team. And Mo, and Mo is one of those guys that will talk and actually bark back at guys. So you want a little bit of that, and you know, like brought, bring a little bit of attitude, you know, to the team. Yeah, bring up that heat, and you know, it'll probably uh, heat up the Kings. And you know, I actually forgot when uh, he uh, started talking smack to uh, Nurkic. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just nice to see. Like, there's a lot of like these, you know, these. Um, I don't want to call them fake tough guys, but like, there are these big, unfortunately, usually white white centers who like to kind of bully guys around, especially nowadays when no one wants to get into a fight, and you you know you don't have a Charles Oakley running around like who's who's gonna slap the shit out of you if you try that shit against them like there aren't a lot of these guys around anymore so like big burly white you know usually foreign guys like valanchunas is the other guy i like to think about who just like to throw their throw their weight around and you know hope and basically like bully you for not retaliating and you know it's good to see like someone kind of fight back a little bit even a guy like kp even kp was like getting up in mo's face and mo just laughed at him and was like no bitch you soft <laughs> fuck out of my face type thing oh, so like yeah. it's good to see like a level of toughness from the team although ultimately it does it will fall on the best players to be tough to really change this team but you know it doesn't hurt oh yeah Okay, um, that's basically it for this game. And uh, D-Lo um, has responded to me and said that um, Marvin Bagley, who they named Bike Man uh, on today's radio show, he d- uh, Bike Man does get his name back. So 
Yes. Um, oh. uh, for those of you that were wondering, he is Marvin Bagley again on this team. Uh, oh, okay. Wow. They, they tweeted you that quick, huh? I mean, you know, it's at the heat of the moment. I mean, it's like right after the game. They usually are probably on their phones looking at their mentions. Ah, I see. Oh. Any, anyways, um, before we quickly, before we, you know, end this episode, I want to just quickly go over just some news, um, kind of recap some, um, let, let's call it, you know, Inside King's Landing. I don't, and that's no, that's too, too obvious. Um, inside the Kingdom, we call it, or or you know extra therapy what, what should we call this segment i'm putting on the spot give me a name uh sat kings <laughs> sit down therapy i don't know but uh i don't know talk disappointing i don't know <laughs> we'll, we'll co- okay we'll come up with a name for the segment at some point but there's some extra little news um kind of recapping what's been happening within the kingdom i guess uh so Sam Amick did come out with an article kind of detailing the firing of Luke Walton. And inside it, amongst a lot of things that was really interesting to me anyway, was um, there. So there were two, of course, like the reports came out that there were two people that they were looking at for to replace, um, basically take over as interim coach or just take over for Luke Walton after he was Mm -hmm. fired. And of course, you know, the two were Alvin Gentry and out of nowhere, Doug Christie. So it, it, more details came out was basically who was um, who was advocating for which. And that basically there was a team around the VEC. Like these are like the people that quote unquote have his ear, his kind of close personal circle. They advocated for Doug and McNair, Wilcox and, and Dumars all advocated for Alvin. And uh, as we as we see as we see the result, Alvin ended up winning the job. What is, what are your first thoughts when you actually hear about that? I mean, no offense to Doug. I mean, he's a great man and a great player, but he hasn't had that much coaching uh, under his belt yet to you know take over that head coaching job. And even if he did take over that head coaching job, it'd probably be the same boat as uh, Alvin being Interman. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, so you know. Uh, Alvin being Interman uh, head coach, uh, I'd say it's a little better, but you know he's probably not going to be sticking around, and he's definitely not going to go back to assisting or being an assistant coach. So I'm pretty sure we're either way we're still going to probably find another head coach. Yeah, like so I listen I listen to James Ham's podcast, so I might be a little biased on this one because James Ham makes a really good case of why Doug should not have been the coach. You just brought up he has like basically no he has very little experience, if any, about actually being a head coach or like, or like coaching in the NBA, being part of a staff. He's only been part of the staff for now eighteen games. Like there there is no experience there. Is it there just isn't. And, you know, he's a and you, you bring up the part that he's a great man. And, you know, he's basically universally loved here in Sacramento. You know who was universally loved at one point? Was it Vlade? It was Vlade. And what happened? He became the general manager. He made some made some bad choices. And he because of, because of his lack of experiences or lack of experience, 
and he was ultimately fired and now is kind of a pariah around here even though you know i'm pretty sure if he walks around the street like you know people will dap him up and try and get pictures with him but for the most part he's not as loved as he used to be and you know part of it is like maybe he should have seeked out more help but at the same time you got to put it on ownership to like put him in that position in the first place and unfortunately this is the same case with doug like you know you're throwing a guy with no experience in in that field and sure he's been in the broadcasting team he's been like training individually with players and like you know you hear people around him like he's a great basketball mind but you can't get away from the fact that he has no real you know head coaching experience in this specific profession so there's a lot of stuff that he simply does not know yet now will he be a good is it possible for him to be a good head coach in the future probably he again he's a great basketball mind he'll probably figure it out but it's it's not now he's got to like you know take his time to to be groomed i guess to become that good head coach to understand what it's like to work at on a coaching staff and you know and one day learn how to run one right now Mm -hmm. is not the time and you know it's and james ham brings up the fact that like basically that the front office well not the front office but ownership i'm, I'm gonna call i'm gonna call vlade or um the vex team ownership ownership still hasn't learned their lesson from vlade oh man that's that's too bad because yeah we're not gonna escape this if that's the case i mean it's gonna you know continue this kind of i guess you could say trend with this kind of ownership ideals uh, for, you know, the rest of their stay because, you know, they're the owners and, you know, they're they're probably not going to sell this team to anyone anytime soon. Yeah, that's the tough part, right? And unfortunately, a team success is usually is usually unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, pretty, pretty closely tied with ownership. It's just how it works because they're the guys who ultimately make the decisions. However, you know, as part of a silver lining, Alvin did win, did win the or did get the job. So, like, you know, basically the implication of that is that the front office won and it was able to convince uh, convince Vivek that going with a guy with more experience who's been around and, you know, it has a actually pretty decent track record as a coach like that, that he actually won out as opposed to, you know, you know if you will the 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 more kangsy pick this is not a criticism on doug by the way he just the the only reason why we're saying this he has no experience again coaching as a head coach or as an assistant he doesn't have that much experience as an assistant either like throwing him into the fire is just it's just a lose-lose situation for the most part now could he could he actually succeed in a position maybe the track record isn't great for when the kings do this kind of stuff yeah sadly and you know maybe someday uh we'll see doug maybe in the assistant coaching spot and uh you know helping this team because i would i think doug would make a pretty good coach uh compared to some people that we know i guess and you know unfortunately we gotta keep going on with this topic um but apparently so James Ham brought up the fact that during when the GM when the GM search was happening that we where we ultimately ended up hiring Monty McNair, uh, so that we had a whole list of candidates and there were a lot, there were a few candidates that dropped out. Uh, the most notable one is Sashin Gupta, who I believe yeah who, who's the interim uh, president of basketball operations with Timberwolves. 
Like he was one of the guys that was most talked about, but he ultimately turned basically turned the job down. And you know, after that, Monty McNair um, got the job. And apparently, one of the reasons why it's not 100% um, confirmed, but um, uh, the Joe Dumars thing actually turned away a lot of candidates because they because basically they were told that Joe Dumars is going to be part of the front office. Now, I, I forgot what his position is. It may not be directly tied to basketball operations, but he's a guy that has Vivek's ear. And he is going to be there, basically, was the memo. And a lot of candidates said, nah. nah. Oh, man. All because of this guy, huh? Yeah. And, you know, the jury is, I mean, we don't know what what Joe has done, honestly. Like, we don't know if he's been good or if he's been bad. I think in this situation that just happened with hiring Alvin as the interim, I think that's a good development. Like, it shows that he at least, like, takes things logically and, um, and, and like, you know, objectively, as opposed to, you know, leaning, maybe, maybe t- like, not, like, just leaning into kissing Vivek's ass, if you will. Like, mm. you know, just... This does point in a pretty in a, at least there's a little bit of positivity positivity to it. But if you listen to the King's beat, um, James Ham does list out a bunch of reasons why this could be heading a bad direction. But there are positive signs like that could lead you to think this is going in a positive direction as well. Well, I guess we shall see. And uh, two more things before we end this podcast. Uh, King's attendance is actually fifth lowest in the NBA. I was very sad to actually confirm that. Fifth lowest? Seemed like, it seemed like a pretty full crowd today. Yeah, I was actually surprised. Because like, during the, during the uh, Raptors game, it wasn't that packed. And I don't think it was that packed during the Jazz game either, just because it was a back-to-back. Like, I, I mean, I... So overall, I think attendance is down from last year because a lot of people don't want to go to games just yet because, you know, coronavirus is still very much a thing. Um, And, you know, like if you're not vaccinated, it's quite a pain in the ass to actually like get to a game because you have to like they they have like a testing station that you have to go through. And then if you bring kids who are and, you know, most kids aren't vaccinated yet. So like you know there there's a whole pain in the ass procedure for them as well like and then you know you have to and then again again you have to bring in the people who um don't want to be around crowds when you know coronavirus is still very much a real thing so attendance is overall down but I I was very shocked to find that the Kings were way down there in attendance yeah I guess that is too bad because hmm. I, I really thought we had a pretty big crowd. I mean, we do have a pretty big stadium, but that that top row when we went to the Toronto game was a little, little swim, especially in what the edges of the section. I forgot the numbers, but yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, and this kind of speaks to the fact that you know part of it may, might be like the the shine of the new arena is starting to wear off, and also. I mean, the Kings aren't putting a good product out there right now. Like, gr- granted, we won this game, but like, you know, however many games we lost, like again, seven out of eight, and like just playing some very honestly pathetic basketball where it looks like the team just quit on themselves. And 
you know, there's an implication with how De'Aaron acted in the fourth quarter today. Again, I've already criticized him enough about it, but like, it just feels like for a lot for a lot of games, it just feels like the the players just aren't in it, and people don't want to see that shit. Yeah, and let's hope uh, you know coming here on out, the Kings will spark some hope in us because I want to see more wins and no more losses. Another interesting thing. Um, son of a bitch, I lost it. Damn it. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just clicked on average attendance um, for average attendance, and one of the one of the teams actually surprises me. Twenty second in the league in terms of attendance, Phoenix Suns. Twenty second. Wait, how far down are they? They are so they would be the ninth worst team in attendance. Really. Is it because of some? I of the was losses? very surprised about that. Yeah. What that? Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, I guess I guess they just they're I guess their marketing team might be pretty bad. Although you know the Robert Sarver thing might have turned some people off. I don't know how big of an effect that has. He is known to be a ginormous asshole. Maybe that's like kind of bleeding into it a little bit. But I was surprised to find them all the way down there. They're a good team. I, I don't I, I don't know why the attendance is so bad. Yeah. I mean, Western Conference champions from last season and ninth. Well, it's uh, hmm. yeah, that that's interesting. I, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I thought I thought that was interesting. You want to guess number one? Lakers or New York? Lakers are actually out of the top five. Wait. I think it might be a stadium thing. No, it's about no. I don't. I don't think so. Never mind. So is it New York? It is not New York. New York is actually New York is uh, top ten. I'll just say that. Uh, Warriors? No, they're number nine. Uh, New New York is ten, by the way. Uh, Lakers are seventh. I'll give one more guess and say Brooklyn. Uh, let me scroll down. <laughs> I gotta scroll down to find them. Uh, they're 14th. Oh my gosh! What? To okay, be who's... fair, the Nets like they don't really have a fan base. It, it's probably just like Knicks. It's probably just like New York fans who don't want to pay for Knicks fans or pay for Knicks tickets. <laughs> I see. So who is number one? The Bulls. Really? Yes. Oh. I mean, number... they have. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, they did have a pretty big, uh, you know, I don't want to say bounce back, but they have a good team now, and they're competing. Let me just check 2020 just real quick. Average. Okay, well, it's actually, no, yeah, actually, no, they, they jumped up pretty high. I, I thought they were pretty high in 2020, the last season, or the, the coronavirus season, the, the one before that. Um, but no, they, they jumped all the way up to number one. Although number two was number one the last time fans were in the arena. You want to take a guess? Uh, uh, man, I'm, I'm going to go off the women say Boston. They're top. They're number six. Oh, man. Toronto. <laughs> Number three, you're you're pretty oh. close there. Uh, Sixers. 
Sixers, yep. Sixers. Okay. <laughs> they okay. probably just want to. They probably just want to boo Ben Simmons, but he hasn't played, so yeah, that's unfortunate. But uh, okay. Well, last thing, uh, let's quickly talk about uh, Matt Barnes. This so this was actually after the uh, after the Sixers game. He went kind of scorched earth on the front office and basically kind of basically kind of directed a lot of like what a lot of blame towards them about their draft and how they how they've kind of handled the Marvin Bagley situation take go and get kind of take a look at the clip but I guess what I would want to ask is that how much blame do you put on the front office now I'm not talking about ownership specifically I'm talking about more about the uh front office and I guess what they've done or lack of what they've done with, you know, Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. Do you how much blame do you put on them for how this roster was constructed? Uh, that's kind of tough. I'd say it was like maybe 50 50, maybe less, because, you know, it is tough to trade Buddy and Marvin in this state of uh, the NBA right now. So I'm pretty sure Monty is trying his best to find the best deal for us. And, you know, us being a pretty bad team right now isn't helping as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame the front office too much. But, you know, I wish some things uh, were to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. And I'm hoping towards the trade deadline, something will happen. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I, it's hard to judge. Um, although I will say there are like some of the options maybe not the best game to do it because like you know marvin bagley just had a good game damian jones has had a good game but like this is probably like a personal thing for me keeping damian jones over justin james i i thought was interesting just because we had so many centers already like like justin james while he's not really a big wing he at least is kind of a wing you can always use another wing and you know i'm a big justin james guy so i've always kind of been you know scratching my head about that decision but there are like other things like that i felt monty did or tried to do that were good but ultimately fell through you know the bogey the bogey sign and trade fell through and then not getting anything for him in, in the sign and trade um what's his name um the kyle kuzma and mantras harrell buddy he'll botched trade that honestly wasn't his fault because the lakers were stupid um so like there's good stuff that he tried to do that just ultimately fell through and you know this team with Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma I think is a I think is a significantly better team and we're probably not in this position if we end up getting those two yeah sadly but you know the deed's been done yeah we gotta move on let's uh let's hone in on this the marvin bagley situation more than like do you think he should have been again bad game to do this to be honest because he just he just won us a game basically but should he have been traded already like would you have would you have just traded him for scraps Mm, i guess it depends on the scraps but you know it's still a small sample size for bagley to be honest his defense is still pretty god awful in some ways this game uh, he was fine i'll, I'll defend yeah. him on that he actually had a pretty good possession on dame where he stopped it we made him pass up the ball like angled him nicely to the baseline and you know gotta give him credit for this again a bad game to do this just because like, yeah he, he played really well if if there was a bigger sample size and you know maybe he uh, let's see uh, 
don't know. He would he be our sixth man? Mm, I don't know, but you That's know, tough. I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah, it's 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 a tough toss up, but I don't think we'll be resigning him for a big contract if that were the case. Okay. Um, well, um, just a quick update. Uh, the x-rays on Barnes's foot came back negative, so he's... I'm guessing that's fine, right? If an x-ray comes back negative? He's probably gonna get rest, to be honest. Okay, yeah, probably. Um, another thing that uh, I'm, I'm reading my tweets, or James Ham's tweets, uh, Alvin Gentry said that Alex Len told him to leave in J- Damian Jones in the game down the stretch. Really, really nice by Alex Len if he actually did that. Like we did see him at the table, like in the fourth, but he just just didn't check in. Yeah, I mean, he did pretty well. I mean, this game, to be honest, I mean, he was five for six, uh, twelve points. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Again, him and Bagley won us this game. Like, again, like even though like he does make some mistakes every now and then, Damien plays with a certain level of energy. He, it's the same thing with Chimezi Metu. Like these guys cherish their minutes, like because they, they don't get like they don't get many minutes to like ever. And like anytime they get to play, they're you know they're excited. Like they bring the energy, and you know they they look like they read the scouting report and are like very kind of mentally prepared for the game. Like whenever their number is called, and I love that about these guys. And Damien brings it every time, basically has brought it every time I've seen him on the court. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of Metu, uh, Willie King and, you know, Terrence Davis was, were also in the roster today. So I'm, I, I wish we see them sometime, but, you know, I guess whatever Alvin's going to draw up is going to be uh, where we're going to play, I guess. Yeah, I think I mean like I mean I'm not gonna lie. There were there were moments I was just saying bench buddy's ass, <laughs> like you know. Oh no, you're not there, alone. <laughs> there were there were so, there are moments where like you know I guess he's a backup to Buddy and like he's probably not gonna play much until Buddy is traded if he's gonna get traded. And Louis King, I just have a theory that the Kings are just kind of waiting to like till there's 50 games left in the season and Louis King will become a regular part of the rotation. Because that I think that's how the two-way contact contracts work, and then Metsu will just kind of fill in whenever he's needed. And then this game apparently just Alvin just feel like he didn't he wasn't needed, but like he was still up on the bench, giving like bringing the energy, like just sharing on his teammates. That's something. Like you know, it's unfortunate he didn't play, but like it's good to see he's still in good spirits. And Terrence Davis, like you know, looked like he was in good spirits as well, like sharing on his teammates. I think I think his time will come. It's kind of be kind of the same thing with Damian Jones. Like, you know, he's going to get his number called and he's going to be ready. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. OK, this episode has run pretty long. I did not expect this. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, but well, before we end. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of made a mistake on the score when I talked when we talked about the two technical fouls on the. Uh, uh, what is it, Dear Fox? Instead of 94, 93, I said it's actually 106, 105. So, yeah, sorry about that. And the world was a better place. Yeah, for anyone who cares, because I'm pretty sure someone already corrected me while hearing this podcast. 
And yeah, actually, good thing you brought us back to that. I'm sorry to keep dragging this on, but Fox actually did have a good game <laughs> up to that point. Like, that oh, was the yeah. thing that really frustrated me. Like, you know, t- he had 19 in the first, only two points in the second half. But again, he didn't play in the fourth. So, like, again, the the team needed him. And you, you're going to get yourself ejected for this kind of stupid thing. Like, that that frustrated me. And But, yeah, give him credit. He had a good game. You know, 21.6 assists, five turnovers. That that that's a, that's a bit bad. But, like, you know, he was he was playing well. And the Kings could have used them, but ultimately, like, they didn't need them. And, you know, luckily we win this game. Yeah, I don't doubt. Um, about this game, uh, I I, I kind of don't want to talk about what happened after the Marvin Dagger free, to be honest. Unless you, know, you want to mention. I mean, Kings did just about do everything to try and give that game away. Like, I would have one of the worst challenges I've ever seen. Like a, a blocking, a blocking foul that he challenged that where Marvin's foot was, you know, miles inside the, like way inside the restricted area, and for whatever reason decided to challenge it. Sure, if you if he wants to like back up his player, fine. But like, even then, Marvin Marvin should step up and say, no, don't challenge that. But no, yeah, it, they it, did it, a yeah. lot. They did a lot to try and give the game away, but yeah. like. They ultimately did close it out and Portland was able to take advantage. And, you know, they had a great possession, like, you know, I think with about 22 seconds left where they forced a five second violation. Like, like it's just they have moments and it's frustrating that they're not more consistent. with. Yeah, <laughs> that those final minutes, to be honest, like I said, started to lose a little hope, a little at a time. But yeah, luckily we came out with that one. OK. Well, just like uh, the game, this was dragged out a little too long, so we are going to call it quits here. Um, Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I hope everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving with family, or if if you're not just hanging out with family, I hope you have a great day. And uh, yeah, enjoy your day. And, you know, it's a good thing the Kings send us into Thanksgiving with a win. Oh, yeah. So our next game will be Friday, and it's a pretty packed schedule for a lot of teams to be honest and you know that friday game is against the lakers so we'll see how that goes lakers had to just do everything to beat indiana um (laughs) they're a weird team to say the least like this is actually a game i think as long as we don't kangs it up it's a winnable game even even though lebron is back yeah, it should be possible, and we'll see what Alvin has drawn up for this team. I dare Alvin Gentry just put Alex Len on Russell Westbrook and just. Oh, I dare him to do that. Gosh. Just the most, do the most disrespectful ass shit to him and get into his head. Because guess what? He's gonna get angry and he's gonna try and attack. <laughs> Probably not score because he he can't really do that as well anymore. Yeah. Well, we shall see. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, and we'll see you guys later.